1: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey it's time for the
2: chiefs kingdom show live with the voice of the chiefs mitch holtis and chiefs head coach andy Reid. It's presented by Bad Boy Moores, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is Bad Boy Country, Mo with an attitude, and by High V. The world's best tailgating begins at High V. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football.
3: Hey, this is Chiefs sideline reporter Josh Klingler. Before we get you into the Chiefs' Kingdom show, just a quick reminder, you can hear Mitch Holtis with us on Fesco in the Morning every Friday morning at 7.30 leading into the game that weekend. And don't miss color analyst Danon Hughes every tuesday morning at 8 30. tune in for exclusive one-on-one chiefs interviews throughout the season on the odyssey app and your official broadcast partner of the kansas city chiefs 610 sports radio now let's get you into the chiefs kingdom show presented by the kansas lottery dream bigger
2: here is
0: the voice of the chiefs mitch holtis And good evening, everybody. We have opened the gates to the Chiefs' kingdom, lowered the drawbridge, and you can walk into the castle of the kingdom tonight on our show as we head into week 18 of the National Football League season. The Chiefs now losing to the Cincinnati Bengals 34-31 yesterday. That means Kansas City has slipped out of the number one seed for the time being in the AFC playoff chase and lost the bye. Uh, Now the Tennessee Titans have that, and if they would beat Uh, the Texans this weekend, then Tennessee would be the one seed. All right, we're going to talk about the uh, game yesterday against the Cincinnati Bengals, a game that I called fast, furious, fascinating, and frustrating. we got a great show lined up for you. We're going to hear from Head Coach Andy Reid, who's going to talk about all of those Fs uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. And then later in the show, tonight, a special treat. A lot of you have followed him on our Facebook Live programming. Uh, You've seen him on Field Pass, on Chiefs Rewind. He's been with me a lot on Defending the Kingdom podcast. But tonight we're going to bring him to our radio network, the largest in the National Football League, Sean Barber, who is outstanding uh, in what he is doing for the Chiefs Kingdom on a daily basis. We'll get into that and his reaction because he has a pulse on this team uh, and reaction to yesterday's loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, the game yesterday, fast and furious. 65 total points between the uh, two teams, two young, outstanding quarterbacks, and Patrick Mahomes uh, in his fourth year, essentially, and then also Joe Burrow in his second year. But Burrow, a big day, but 705 yards combined passing between those two quarterbacks. It was fascinating in the fact that the Chiefs lost their offensive tackle, Orlando Brown Jr., in pregame warm-ups. And then his replacement, Lucas Niang, who was going to start at right tackle, moved to left tackle. Six plays into the game, he goes down with a serious injury. Coach Reed has talked about his injury on the patellar tendon. So he goes down. Now the Chiefs are down both starting offensive tackles, and longtime guard Joe Tooney has to move to left tackle and did a phenomenal job job, along with the left guard, Nick Allegretti, teaming up on the left side. It was frustrating because of 10 penalties for 83 yards. That doesn't tell the story. It is when those penalties occurred, wiping out a kickoff return for a touchdown by Byron Pringle. A third and three, the Chiefs were going to get the Bengals off the field, defensive pass interference. On a third down and three. Chiefs were going to get the Bengals off the field. Nope, defensive pass interference. A third and four, same. Cincinnati converts a third and 27. And let's give kudos to Jamar Chase, one of the greatest performances I've ever seen, one of the greatest performances by an NFL receiver of all time. As Chase was outstanding in this game for the Bengals with a whopping 266 yards on 11 catches. He converts a third and 27 for 30 yards. Then the Chiefs still had a chance to hold. Fourth and one, offsetting penalties. Fourth and one, illegal use of hands. And the Bengals could take the clock down and kick a 20-yard field goal to win it and a walk-off 34-31 Bengal victory. All right, the good news tonight for you is the fact that those 31 points by the Chiefs can go in your favor because Hyvee has the score of the savings on Mondays after a Chiefs game. Easy. You shop Hy-Vee, can shop tonight, and score Fuel Saver uh, discounts equal to the number of points the Chiefs scored, 31, and the amount that you spend. So cheer on the Chiefs. Watch your fuel discount grow with every point the Chiefs score. Also, and I've talked about this all fall and winter, and it is the um, scan the code. We talk about not just big deals, but super hot deals. Next time, you see the Hy-Vee QR code in the shape of the letter H, Scan it. It'll take two seconds. And then you'll find the super hot deals from Hy-Vee on all of your favorite products. Normally, we would be at a Hy-Vee Market Grill, one of the 19 locations in the Metro Live. But because of the new COVID rules in the NFL, we're bringing this show to Unite from studio. As, uh, again, Sean Barber will join me later, but we will also hear from Head Coach Andy Reid. A couple of notes here. Travis Kelsey yesterday... The fastest tight end to 700 receptions in NFL history by 19 games. Jason Witten had the old record, the former Cowboys star. And Tyreek Hill, 110 receptions in a single season, an all-time Kansas City Chiefs record. There is a lot to talk about with head coach Andy Reid. Yesterday's loss to the Bengals. Fast, furious, fascinating, and frustrating. What does head coach Andy Reid think as the Chiefs get ready now? to attack the Denver Broncos this Saturday. The game has been moved Saturday at 2 30 Mountain Time in Denver. A lot to discuss with head coach Andy Reid. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss it. Back with Coach after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Errol Williams, single setback
0: to the left of the homes. Ball snapped on the near hash. They give Mahomes time for the end zone. He throws it. It's caught. Touchdown. Kansas City. Demarcus Robinson on an outside, inside, outside, inside move. The Chiefs had time to get Jordino route for a touchdown on a triple move to Demarcus Robinson. All right, welcome back to our Chiefs Kingdom show again. Normally, we'd be at a highway Market Grill in front of a great crowd, but with the COVID rules, we are back to a virtual show, and with us is the head coach, the winningest coach in Kansas City Chiefs history, This coach's 400th game in the National Football League head coach, Andy Reid. All right, I'm going to use your terms here. Uh, That game was fast and furious. Uh, Just as you review, and we're going to go quickly here because we have a Saturday game now, but uh, just a chance to look at that cincinnati game and, and your th- overall thoughts
4: yeah so they, they've got a good football team um you know we the penalties were uh too much uh you know those was a, crucial situations whether it was on offense or defense special teams you know we, we took points off the board on special teams with a kick return we had big third downs that converted to uh, first downs on the defensive side. We had drives that were stopped uh, on the offensive side. So, um, you know, we, we've got to do a better better job in that area. We've got to take care of the big plays that we gave up. Um, and, you know, we've got to score. We didn't, we didn't score in the second half enough points in that, uh, from the offensive side. So you've got to take care of business there and um and so it becomes one of those team uh learning experiences you you get in and you dig through it and you you learn from it and then you you move on this week you move on quickly because we got the Denver Broncos that we're playing
0: fast and furious I'm going to start with this though because it kind of dovetails into the game Saturday coming up in that in pregame and I'm watching Orlando Brown Jr. warm up and I'm like all right let's go I'm watching every guy and and then I'm told hey he's not going to go and you find out that obj cannot go um and you only have seven linemen so let's take that first and foremost when you're out hey he's got a calf injury he cannot go what happens now
4: well this this uh uh this is why you have veteran players i guess as backups uh, uh one of the reasons because uh, the guys didn't flinch we just moved a couple people around and uh, you know, and then Yang goes down, and, and so we got to move a couple people, more people around. You know, so you just do that, and you get them in, in position. And Heck rotates everybody and makes everybody learn everything. So um, that it's helpful in those situations.
0: But I want to ask you about Tooney being a pro here and moving out to left tackle. And the video that I watched, I'm like, okay, he looks like he's been repping there since St. Joe. I even asked Veach at halftime, I go, how much left tackle he played at NC State? Like, I'm trying to, you know, get my hand wrapped. But how good was he stepping in as a pro for you?
4: Yeah, no, that was big time. He he did a nice job with that. I, I guess good defensive ends. You know, those guys can, they're, they're good players. So, uh, for him to be able to jump in and, and take care of business uh, really shows his value and and uh, and what he's all about. I mean, he had to, everything wasn't the prettiest, but uh, he was going to fight you to the end, and as a result, it, it worked. So
0: the other one was Allegretti. Now he's played some lot started. You threw him in there, and those two guys together now are taking some pride because you were running D Will and and Gore behind him, and they were doing some good things in the run game. What about Allegretti stepping in as a pro?
4: Yeah, so <laughs> we you know we like Allegretti, and he, he can play a bunch of different positions too. So it, that helps and. He jumped in at at, at guard and, and uh, where he started last year and uh, made some uh, – he did a nice job for us. He good, solid football player.
0: You also had some guys I want to ask you about that reached up. Hardman's catch on the corner route, catching his fingertips. Pringle goes high to go get one. Bell goes high to, it looks like guys were giving you extra effort to try to uh, get the thing done.
4: Well, yeah, they, listen, they did. I mean, there were some good things that, that took place. I mean, it wasn't – um it, it was two good teams playing each other but you know I, I gave you the, the the low points there to start with because those are the things we need to fix uh the high points were the things you're mentioning and uh, you know those the receivers did did a nice job uh, in particular the couple you mentioned um just the, the one to McColl, I, I wasn't sure he was going to be able to go get that thing and he he took off and, and snagged it and Pringle had some nice, you know, nice catches. Plus, uh, that return was beautiful.
0: And your RBs are fighting. I thought all three of those guys you had go yesterday were fighting too. I mean, McKinnon thrown back out there, but how much fight did those guys show?
4: Yeah, he did a good job. Um, Daryl had one of his his better better games. Um, ran so hard, and he's a big man, dropping his shoulder. And you know, I, I just I Gore did the same thing. He was physical and ran hard. So um mckinnon is a seasoned veteran of that bunch so he he uh you know he was glad to be back out there too doing being able to play
0: so this game was also fascinating just because the O line and had to shift around but then the quarterbacks i mean you gotta have a hat that burrow you talked about him during the week uh and we've seen him but how much did patrick compete in this game too because i thought he fought like crazy
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the league's lucky to have both those guys. So, but we're lucky to have Patrick and uh, (laughs) um, it's uh, he, he played well. He made some phenomenal throws, you know, his quarterback rating was off the charts. So, I mean, he, you know, he he really did a nice job and he never flinched when the, when when his lineman went down, he trusted the guys that came in, trusted his receivers and, you know, I mean, he just, he did a nice job with all of his adjustments. So, um, yeah.
0: Getting pressure with four. You got some stops in this game. I'm going to ask you about the stops and the non stops. First would be the stops that you got because when you were getting stops, it was pressure with four and you got to him either to knock him down or, or sack him. Um, just how encouraged are you going? And this dovetails into Denver week here of getting pressure with four uh, and being doing some damage that way.
4: I thought our D line did a, a good job of keeping the pressure on. Um, a couple of times, I thought he was going to come out of the game because he took some big hits there. Um, you know, he he just he made some throws under pressure, and and that number one on their team, Chase, is uh, uh, a good football player, and he, you know, he made some big plays for him.
0: I want to ask you too about the nonstops because there's third and four, there's third and four, and then at the end of the game, I said it reminded me of the the Raiders game in 2017 a little bit, where it's do over, do over, do over, or uh, we both remember the USSR against USA 72 basketball game in the Olympics, but just the having the opportunity to get them off the field, and it did not happen.
4: Yeah, we we did have we did have chances and. Um... And we've got to do better at that. So that's—I mean—I'm stating the obvious, but we've got to do a better job there. And and um, you know, there were too many penalties and some of those drives, um, you know, with, with the back end guys. So we can do better there too. Now uh, They kept fighting. You know, the guys kept fighting, but um, and there was nothing more evidence of that evidence of that than that goal line stand. And I, I just, uh, you know, I, I know there was a penalty there that kind of set it back, but, uh, which I, I struggle with, but that that's what, you know, that, that's uh, sometimes, anyways.
0: I'm with you, you on the struggle saying. part of that. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. I'm, I'm feeling you on that one. The kickoff return for a touchdown, I just mentioned on air, I mean, Every year since you've been here with Coach Tobe, we've scored on special teams every year. And we've been good this year. Boom. There goes Pringle. Then the hold. Um, Just that play, because that's going to make it 35-17 going into halftime. And just the, it's obvious to say the impact of the play. But as you reviewed that play, your thoughts on the kickoff return that got nullified?
4: Yeah, I thought the guys blocked it well. You know, we didn't need to hold. You know, we didn't. We didn't need any of that on that particular play there. So, to make it successful, Pringle did a nice job, and the guys blocked well on it. So, um, you know, it's too bad that we got called.
0: One of the things I talk about is here, you're amazingly, you can adjust. We're on the ride home. Nice 18 hour round trip, baby. It was rock and roll. Um, It was about, it was east of Columbia when we got the word, hey, it's flexed. All of a sudden, now the game is Saturday. So, we're in a mad scramble trying to think how the week's going to work. But I'm thinking you, and you get finding out on the flight home, or I don't know when you found out. But you're thinking now all of a sudden we're playing Saturday at 3:30 Central Time in Denver. How crazy was it, and has it been for you guys? And still is it tonight?
4: Yeah, no, we're uh, we're we're deep into it. So, um, but yeah, you you've just got to sudden change it and get you up and go. So it's an important game for us. But it's an
0: aircraft carrier, people. It's not a speedboat. I always tell people, man, you can't just. You got to pivot quick, and it takes a lot of people. What about the cooperation of dozens of people to make this work and move quickly?
4: Yeah. No. Listen, it. That's what teams all about, and I always say it's not about one person. It's not just about the football players. It's not just about the coaches. It's everybody pulling together and and doing their job um, and being, being available for sudden changes. And you've got an awesome group.
0: I mean, I'm biased, but it's the best group I've ever seen as a village around you in my brief 28 years in this league. But it's an awesome group that can move as quickly and move that aircraft carrier. Um, the offensive line moving forward, you mentioned yesterday after the game, uh, Niang's got the patellar tendon. Um, as you move forward on a quick week with the O-line and the shape it's in, how do you approach it this week?
4: Yeah, well, uh, you know, there's a good chance um, we get Orlando back. And uh, and then, I mean, Wiley's played out at that right tackle spot, so like he did yesterday. So it's uh, um, that we have uh, those are fairly easy adjustments. And we've got, you know, we've still got guys, too, that are that haven't dressed down that could get in and play, too, that have been starters in this league.
0: And the enormity of this game coming up again—that's obvious. But there's a lot here at stake. It's a little like pre-playoff, playoff game. What about just having everybody ramped up and ready to go, saying there's still shot at the bye? Let's go get Denver.
4: Yeah. So I, listen, I think our guys will be in that frame of mind. I, I would uh, be disappointed if they weren't. You know that, that that's the way they're wired. They're they're competitive competitive guys. So I, I wouldn't expect anything less than them coming out, especially against. Uh, AFC West rival, so um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll have a good week of work this week and get ourselves ready to go. Thanks for being a commander,
0: <laughs> for being a leader. I always say he's a you're a CEO. You could run any company in this kingdom, but thanks for that and being able to pivot, adjust, work, react. Don't blink, don't flinch. You taught us all that, but you've you're the leader of that, and uh, that's the way we'll attack the week. Thanks for being with us tonight.
4: All right, how do those redheads out there too?
0: They're out there. They're ready to go, man. Go get uh, Denver. Thank you. Head coach right. Andy Reid, Chiefs against Denver. It's Saturday afternoon now at 3.30. We'll be back uh, with Sean Barber, and we'll return uh, with more on the Chiefs' Kingdom show after this. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs' football.
1: Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Up the
0: will take the ball on the near hash. From center, Creed Humphrey. Mahomes throws it near side. Caught, Kelsey! Touchdown! Kansas City burning Trey Flowers. And Kelsey couldn't get it in with his feet, but he catches it in his hands in the sweet nectar as Mahomes had time to throw. And the Chiefs lead 13 to nothing. Welcome back on this Chiefs Kingdom show. On our first uh, Chiefs Kingdom show of the calendar 2022 year, the Chiefs get ready to play the Denver Broncos, and in case you missed it, the game has been moved to Saturday afternoon. It'll be at 3.30 Central Time, 2.30 Mountain Time, and the start of what should be a, another wild weekend in the National Football League. And usually, again, we would be uh, live at some hy Market Grill, one of the 19 locations throughout the Metro, but because of the COVID rules, we are in studio tonight thanks to Coach Reed for giving us – some precious time of his because he's on a mad scramble like everybody else with the game being moved up uh, essentially 24 hours. And a reminder uh, when you're at hy V, make sure that you scan the hy QR code in the shape of the letter H. Scan it. Takes two seconds and you'll find not only deals super hot deals on your favorite products. Alright, if we were in front of the live audience, I'd say it's time to put the hammer down and they would agree, but it's also not just any week, it's donkey week it's bronco week and perfect to have as my guest tonight on the largest network in the national football league a man that i call affectionately the spider uh the shop he's barbershop a terrific career as an nfl linebacker and he has made even a better career in working in football and out of football after his uh playing days were over he's been outstanding you have seen him and heard him he's been on a lot of our programming he's Field Pass, Chiefs Rewind, he's a uh, regular guest. Together we've uh, been together on the Defending the Kingdom podcast. It's an honor to have him in studio tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Barber.
5: Man, I appreciate it, man. You know, we I mean, we won an Emmy together, Mitch. That's I know, we did. We the, got an the Emmy, Emmy yeah. Award winning yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, pre-post
5: game show for that uh, AFC championship game, man. That's still one of my fondest memories. Obviously, I love doing co-hosting um, Defending the Kingdom with you and with Matt McMullen uh, but all in all man listen when we get a chance to chop it up on the radio talk chiefs with the man chiefs kingdom is out here the sea of red i know chiefs uh, uh andy's redheads aren't here in the studio with us but in spirit <laughs> oh, in yeah. spirit they're here with us
0: and they're out there putting the hammer down somewhere
5: somewhere yes sir. yeah yes, this sir.
0: game uh, let's go into this game yesterday i said it was fast furious fascinating and frustrating all in once. <laughs> uh but your overall impressions of a 34-31 loss to the Bengals?
5: man. just, you know what? It's a point of the season after eight victories. Um, the game starts snowballing. Momentum is, you know, everybody was like, hey, we probably won't lose again for the rest of the season. Um, and, you know, the NFL is not like that. Uh, each each week is, uh, you got to find a way, um, no matter what the score is the first half, you got to find a way to make enough plays the second half to win. And unfortunately, uh, we made all our plays in the first half. We got out to a big league. We, you know, made some adjustments. Um, and in the second half, um, you know Cincinnati they, they fought back. I um, mean, so you got to take your head off and say they made enough plays in the second half. Uh, they got a, they got a little bit of assistance from the refs in a little bit. You know, they threw a couple of flags out on the field that uh, some people would say were made up and made believe. But at the end of the day, um, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta put that out of your head. You can't worry about what what was and wasn't called by the refs um, when whatever's in your control, offensively, defensive special teams. Um, we got to find a way to get better from it. So, special teams, we scored. It got taken away from us due to a penalty. So, we got to get better. Um, defensively, we had a few sacks, three or four of them, that got out of our hands. You got to make those sacks, you got to make those plays so that um, third and seven turns to third and 17 like it's supposed to be. And then, offensively, you can't allow um, a hold or, or any kind of penalty uh, to stop the momentum you had in the first half from recreating that and making the second half. Uh, just as productive. So I think all three phases can find something to get better and grow from from that game. And actually at this point in the season, week 17 and 18, you're fine-tuning what you have. We've already laid down the groundwork from what we are as a team, what we're going to be in the postseason. And so now we're just making fine-tuning adjustments. And this might be a little bit poking the bear, uh, getting us a little bit angry, you know, take that that wasp nest and and actually hit it a few times with a stick uh, to rally up those wasps. Because our defense, we got a swarm. All right, we gotta swarm, we go tackle, and then offensively we gotta be able to put the um you know, put your what they say, put your your your, 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 your thumb, or put your hands on the um uh, on the, on the neck of your opponent, and uh when it's time to choke them out, you gotta choke them out so they don't get back up.
0: Before we get into dealing with frustration, and you have have had to do that um when you were playing and off the field, but let's talk about Jamar Chase real quick. We've mm-hmm. got to give him kudos. He rem- it was a Tyree Kill kind of performance. 266 yards. That was one of the best I've ever seen. The Chiefs had decent coverage on him on a lot of those. Now, the 72-yarder, you didn't like that much, nor mm-hmm. did I, because the Chiefs should have had that. That should have been a 12-yard gain. The 69-yarder looked like blown coverage. But overall, Jamar Chase made some big plays. we got to give him
5: his due. Yeah, you say, I mean, that's 140-some yards that we gave him off of two plays where he basically went untouched. Mm. Not, not, I mean, very rarely in the NFL, is such a physical game that you can do something offensively or, or make mistakes defensively, um, that you let a person score and on two plays account for 140 some yards and two touchdowns, and especially when you talk about how close this game ended up being at the end. So before we start, you know, blaming the refs what they didn't do or what they called and didn't call, we have to kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and say those are two plays that they didn't outperform us. We get we we didn't execute. We didn't we didn't alignment, assignment, execution. Um, um, showing a focus out there on the field. At some point, we lost our focus and lost our way. And so we got to find a way to, you know, in in a 60-minute moment in life to not not, not allow allow that to happen uh, when you talk about playing championship defense.
0: Let's take the 72-yarder and watching the next day with your defensive colleagues. How rough is that when you watch that play? Because it looks like there's four or five guys Mm. that should have made plays there. How rough would that be in the uh, tape room?
5: Well, I mean, I, as a linebacker, I always try to get underneath secondary routes. When those second level routes, I'm, I'm thinking I'm giving my secondary uh, a little bit more comfort by getting underneath of them. And then they ran a shallow crosser, and I think when, you know, Barrows does a great job of looking off linebackers, he does, uh, he looks off safeties too, but he looked like he was going to that under route and made our linebackers kind of break up a little bit, and then he threw it right over us. And then, The one thing I was disappointed, I I didn't see an urgency of guys when the ball was thrown to just converge on the ball. And It's like everybody expected somebody else to make the tackle. And that allowed uh, Jamar Chase to have that five-yard acceleration period. And he's just like, right, once he gets that five-yard acceleration period, untouched, unscathed, um, he's able to pull away from, um, I mean, most most anybody um, on the defensive side of the ball. So I would have just, again, when it comes down to chasing the ball, um, and and, and playing defense, you gotta, you got to do it as a group, as a collectively. Um, there's another play in the game that I was very, um, not, not, not the second touchdown, but even the, the screen route to Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. That simple screen route, and when you look at it and you really closely look at it, he catches the ball and then walks for one or two steps to allow blockers to fit up. Where is the pursuit when he's walking? And if you look at the pursuit, the pursuit is walking. This guy's not busting out, of the, uh, out from the line of scrimmage. Um, I see 24. I see Ingram sprint past other guys because, he's, because he knows what it takes to get to a ball carry on the other side of the field. He's running past his teammates. And so there wasn't an urgency of all – and, that, and that's the one thing, when you look at the film, it's not to make anybody feel bad, but it's, it's for accountability. Everybody should be running like the ground is on fire. Like it matters on every play because it does. It, when you're playing against teams that have have weapons like this, every play everybody has to run to the ball through the whistle. Of the, uh, I mean, through the, the the ring of the whistle. Um, and that's the one thing. is a few plays that we saw on Sunday where there, this wasn't a uh, that 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 man that 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 urgency to get to the ball carrier um, from all 11 guys on the field. And that was the only thing I think to, in totality when I look at the film I would be most disappointed in.
0: Yeah, and it's peculiar just because the eight previous weeks they were the NFL's have been the NFL's best defensive team. So I'm like you. I think it's poking the bear and getting the wasp nest knocked down. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a bunch of wasps getting after it against Denver this week on that Saturday game. It's been moved to Saturday at 3.30. One more question before we go to break here. Again, Sean Barber with us, the uh, veteran. He started with the Washington football team, played with the Chiefs, played with the Philadelphia Eagles for one Andy Reid, also some time with the Houston Texans. The, this is on the other side of the ball from where you played, but the whole offensive tackle situation. First of all, we drove there in a van, right? We had to. It's crazy. So it's Clark Griswold. We got Ann Edna up on top. She's passed away. You know, we're trying to got cousin Eddie and Terre Haute. You know, we're. <laughs> <laughs> And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm in mean kind of a bad mood anyway. Oh, and then I'm watching everybody warm up, right? We didn't have field pass. We mm-hmm. postponed it. So I'm watching every guy in that field warm up, every Bengal and every chief. I see Orlando Brown Jr. There's eight offensive linemen. Yep, pass drops, pass drops. Good. Klingler tells me, hey, there's a problem with Orlando Brown Jr. I go, no, there's not. I just watched him. He's out with a calf strain. Mm. And then Niang goes down, six plays into it, playing on the left side. As a player. What about that situation and the difficulty and as coaches uh, facing that because you didn't plan any way, shape, or form for it?
5: Well, I would say that Andy is one of the coaches. I don't know if he planned for two guys to go down, but I know there's times during the week where he'll randomly call a guy's name and the next guy has to jump in there. And so he he gets guys prepared during the week for that next man up mentality. But nothing prepares you when you're talking about on game day. This is not during the week. This is on game day on warm-ups. For one guy to go down with a calf injury and then in the few, first few series of the game, the second guy goes down. And so now you're going to have to uh, create a mash unit, all hands on board. Let's get it done, find a way. So I think it's a credit to Andy Heck and the way he prepares his offensive line, not just the first five, but even the second crew, um, prepares them to be able to go in and play multiple positions. Um, everybody knows the verbiage. Everybody knows what needs to be done. Um, if you're not playing in the, in, in the position that makes it um, – um, individually your you know, most successful position to be in, collectively as a group, this is what we need you to do today. And we need you to do it at a high level. So, I mean, hats off uh, to Thune. Um, he did an amazing job. He did a job that nobody can expect him to do. Um, he went against a guy, uh, is it Hendrickson? Yeah, uh,
0: Hendrickson that, had a half sack in 12 straight games. I or mean, 14 he is, 14 sacks.
5: he's having an amazing year. Even when he was at um, Florida Atlantic and then New Orleans, he always yep. was one of the young uh, up-and-comer pass rushers, and, and uh, to be able to go against a guy who's been playing guard all year long and not give up a sack, I think um, you, you you understand the, the the kind of pride that that young man takes in his job. So um, the entire offensive line deserves the uh, kind of an MVP chant or MVP award for that game because um, to be able to, as a unit, step up and keep your uh, quarterback from getting sacked, it gave him a chance to do what they did the first half, put up their 28 points. Um, then it gave him a chance to actually win the ball game if if, if needed to. Um if it, we had a chance to get the ball back.
0: We'll monitor it throughout the week to see what the Chiefs do on the offensive line. You just heard Andy Reid, if you were listening earlier, say that there's a good chance Orlando Brown Jr. would be back. We are blessed tonight to have with us Sean Barber, former Chiefs linebacker, former NFL linebacker with several teams, uh, who is doing awesome things uh, in the Chiefs Kingdom community. And we'll be back with more from Barbershop to talk about that and look at this Denver game coming up and what it means. We'll be back with more of the Chiefs-Kingdom show after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Oh, first down
0: goal to go with the one. They give it off. Darrell Williams breaking off one hit. Driving, driving, dragging Bengals into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City, as Darrell Williams ran over Wyatt Ray, and the Chiefs have their third touchdown in as many drives. Delete 20-7 early in the second quarter. Welcome back to our Chiefs Kingdom show. Mitch Holtis with you, and, yes, Darrell Williams playing some ball. As I said on the air, he was running hard and went into the defensive room of the Bengals, said, Here I am, what do you got? Uh, He was running the ball like that, and behind that makeshift offensive line. Also a reminder the folks at Hy-Vee have the scan the code. Just go to Hy-Vee, make sure you find the QR code in the shape of the letter H. When you scan it, it takes two seconds, you'll find super hot deals. You will want to do this. Take my word for it, you'll find super hot deals on some of your favorite uh, products. All right, in studio tonight, we heard from Coach Reed and Sean Barber. Again, blessed to... uh, have Barbershop in with me tonight. Every time I'm with him, man, I'm just blessed. It's awesome to have a chat. Is the Chiefs this week get ready to play the Denver Broncos. It is now a 3:30 Saturday game. Yes, the game got flexed 24 hours earlier to a Saturday game at 3:30. Now, and your son's involved in this, I talked with Coach Reed about moving the game up 24 hours. You go, well, that's no big deal. Yes, it is. Football teams are aircraft carriers. You don't just... Snap your fingers and it's all taken care of. But the village, the work, the players, the coaches, what does it mean to move this game 24 hours earlier in a game that could mean a whole lot?
5: Well, I know I, my, my son, Nico, appreciates you giving him some love. Him and Alan Wright, all the guys on the equipment staff, they do a tremendous job.
0: Incredible people.
5: Um, preparing our players from an equipment staff job of, of being prepared to play as far as a daily practice regiment, And it, you know having the coaches have all their equipment ready to go practice and everything. When that when that when that uh, that schedule gets moved up a day, then there, there there is no day off, and there was already no day off. And when you work with the equipment staff, you work every day of the week just prepare for a game on Sunday, and now you're taking a 24-hour window out of a, a schedule that didn't. It, there is no free time, so now they're having to crunch an extra 24 hours in each day. So I think you just got, to, you know, over over six days. 20, that's the extra four hours. So he's working 28-hour days now. Let's say like that for the next four days. Um, in order to get everything done that needs to be done, if it takes double shifts, overtime, whatever it takes to be be done, and prepared to play, um, and, and go to Denver and get a win. I think this team knows it. The, the The thing we want is this team to be riding on a on a on a on a winning streak going into the playoffs. Um, not that they have any doubt in their minds that this team is not um, um, is built to be a champion, but it just feels better, right, to go in with the with the positive vibe. With, everything going in the right way with the momentum. So I think it's crucial for this team um, to go out there and show the the, the the vibe and the arrogance and the confidence and all those things, the swagger. Um, the things are are definitely all right going in the, in the, in the same direction when it comes to um, what we're doing here in the kingdom.
0: Again, I'll lay this out. We'll let shop go in here in a little bit, and I'll just lay out the probabilities here of what the playoff week could look like. Chiefs still have a chance to get the bye. They need to have the help from the Houston Texans. But if nothing else here, shop, it's Denver. It's the Broncos. And a chance to beat these guys for a 13th straight Mm. time. Six and one-half seasons. If the Chiefs can pull it off this weekend. Uh, They've already won the AFC West, we know, for an unprecedented sixth consecutive year in the history of the division. But to beat these guys again... And I expect that Denver will come out with fury. I think they will play with a lot of pride.
5: Oh, definitely. I mean, the one thing Coach Fangio is, is built there in Denver is a team that plays a ferocious defense. And listen, we know the one thing about what is not it Javon Williams, that running back? Yeah, he's like, good. He's, he's 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 to be reckoned with for for the next few years. Like so, he's um, he's putting a lot of on a little weight on his shoulders um, to be. I mean, he's a he's a bowling ball out there coming out the backfield. So. We know they got some weapons. We know they got things they need to do. But, I mean, we got a mission we're on as far as the Chiefs are concerned. And, and again, I, I know I talked about the win. You know, you want to um, uh, win the game and go in with, with momentum. But I think it's the, the way you play. You want to you be playing championship football. You can't, you can't always worry about the wins and the losses, um, especially once you've um, captured a playoff berth. But what you want to make sure you're doing is you want to make sure that the verbiage – the trust factor, all of those things, all of those unwritten things that you really don't see on the scoreboard. We want to make sure all those things are hitting on all cylinders so that every man in that locker room knows uh, when it's time to play that first round or if we get the bye, when it's time to play the uh, divisional round, whenever it's time for our number to be called. and someone comes in here to Arrowhead Stadium and it's time to turn it up um, and play playoff football, they know exactly what they're going to get. They're going to get all three phases working as – Uh, 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 working all together and you're going to get the best brand of Andy Reid and the Kansas city chiefs. You're going to get Pat Mahomes. You're going to get everything. You can get all we got. um, Because we, we, we play for our city. Um, We know the Kansas city chiefs, they, 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 they're they're phenomenal of, of, of executing and playing high level football. And so I think that's what we're going to get this playoff. We're going to get the best the chiefs got um, early and often.
0: Again, we're blessed to have Sean Barber with us tonight on this preview of the Denver game coming up Saturday our player interviews all year long brought to you by Hellsberg Diamonds, uh, the official uh, jeweler of the Chiefs' kingdom over 100 years with 200 locations nationwide, Hellsberg Diamonds. We're going to get you some swag because I know you need some <laughs> of that. Uh, but we will take care of my man, the shop. Uh, before we let you go, what you're doing off the field, we got about three or four minutes left all before right. we let you go. But I'm so appreciative of your leadership in our Chiefs' kingdom community And with the ambassadors in specific, I'm just going to give you kudos. But what about what you're doing and the fact that you've been put in a leadership role and you're crushing it?
5: Man, I can tell you one thing. It's not hard to lead men when they know what's at stake. And I think our our ambassador group, our alumni here in Kansas City, understands that there's a big void. There's a need for guys to be present. And obviously with this pandemic, with COVID, the actual players and staff cannot be in the community as much as they want. And so we want to make sure that we show up and show out and fill that void. Uh, whatever it takes, whatever, whatever we need to do, whenever we're called upon by the Chiefs to show up, uh, we want to make sure we add maximum volume, maximum impact, um, and we show our best. And I think our, our Kansas City Chiefs ambassadors have done that over and over again over the last two years, and we're going to continue to do it at a very high level. Um, leadership is not only done by myself, but John Lohmeyer, um, Dana Hughes is our communications chair, but every guy takes a little bit of that leadership personally. Um, and so I ask that they all um, do the same thing they did on the field right? It's a brotherhood out there. Um, we all um, expect that everybody shows their best. No matter where you are in the community, when you're an ambassador, you're always an ambassador. You're always showing um, what it means to be an alumni from an organization as highly regarded as the Kansas City Chiefs. And so we take an honor in that. We're well-respected, but we, um, we appreciate the opportunity to show up and show out.
0: But your heart is one. I'm going to let you go, but I gave you credit here. Your heart is one of passion for people. No, definitely. You see it, man. I see it. I've seen it over and over in so many different realms. How much of that passion carries over to where your guys, the ambassadors, go, hey, let's follow shop because he's heading the right direction?
5: Well, hopefully, man, you, you got to lead by example, and I think that's the same thing I talked about on the football field. Our leaders on the, on the field the guys that got to push themselves to have that, that self-reflection to burst to the ball, to, to pursue like no other. And so that's the same mentality I have. You talk about mindset. I use the same mindset I did on the field as I do in leadership role with the ambassadors, um, and that's you know you got to show up and show up. You got to prove it to the guys. Show them why you care, and not what you care about. If you show them the why, then they have an opportunity to go uh, replicate that, uh, not just w- what you care about. Because everybody has something they care about. For mine, it's obviously uh, these these kids in this um, Kansas City, the KCK, and other surrounding cities. Uh, barbershop love the kids, man. But I think you got to educate them. Um, you got to you got to you know. And, you got to speak some wisdom, speak positivity into their lives. Uh, and you also got to show them something outside of the, 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 the streets they live in. You got to show them something outside of their norm. And so I just try every opportunity I got to um, just welcome kids, not only into my, my, into my mind and my mindset, but give them a, a, little brief, a little brief insight of what barbershop's all about. So I just appreciate the opportunity. And, and like I said, um, as any leader would say, you got to give credit to the guys that are, are part of the organization. So all 40 to 50 ambassadors, those are the guys that uh, make me who I am today.
0: People talk about Mamba mentality. I'm going to say it's the shop spirit. You could write your own book, my friend. But thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, love it. Every time we get together in any way, shape, or form, we can chop it up, talk ball, or do something for our community. But well done, my friend. Go gotta, get them.
5: we got to beat those donkeys.
0: It's not only any week. It's donkey week. Sean Barber. Our guest tonight, I'll be back to close things up and talk about the possibilities for the wild card weekend or maybe getting a bye. We'll get all that uh, out there after we close, our after these messages, we'll close the show. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football.
1: Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Chiefs
0: leading 21-14, Williams at running back. He'll get it behind the center and into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Creed Humphrey, Trace Smith blowing open a hole, and the Chiefs have four consecutive touchdown drives. It looked good at that point. The Chiefs were up 28-14 after a Bengals field goal. Then Byron Pringle took a kick to the house 89-yard kickoff return for a touchdown thinking it's going to be 35-17 and again this is the only year so far the Chiefs have not had a special teams score under Andy Reid and Dave Tove the eight previous seasons there have been one many scores in one way shape or form thought they had it this year but it was called back because of penalty and the game changed in that regard all right now, just a reminder, again, it was, uh, this was announced as we were driving home from Cincinnati last night uh, with our crew that the game would be flexed Saturday. It's going to Saturday. The Chiefs will play the Broncos on Saturday at 3.30 Central Time. That is 2.30 Mountain Time. The National Football League, when they added the 17th game, wanted to extend the season with another huge weekend of meaningful games. They have exactly that. This has been a record-setting year in the NFL. More games than ever decided in the last possession or in overtime. They wanted an extra game and things on the line, and they've got it. Now, for the Chiefs, they can still get the one seed in the AFC playoffs, but they need help. And the Tennessee Titans, who've already lost to the Houston Texans, have to lose to them again. If the Titans lose and the Chiefs beat the Broncos, Kansas City would regain the number one seed and the bye for the playoffs. The higher probability around the NFL, at least in common thought, is that the Chiefs would be the two seed if they would beat the Denver Broncos. Now, the best I can uh, figure this out, if the Colts, the Colts have to beat Jacksonville on this weekend... And Jacksonville right now, I'm not sure who they can beat. But if the Colts beat them, they're in the playoffs. That leaves just the Raiders and Chargers on a Sunday night showdown game that will close out the regular season. And if the Colts beat Jacksonville, as expected, then it is a winner, takes it all, and goes to the playoffs, and the losers go home. If the Raiders would beat the Chargers, then the Chiefs would play the Colts because the Colts just lost to the Raiders in a head-to-head matchup. If the Chargers beat the Raiders, then the Raiders are out, and the Chiefs would play the Chargers by my calculation, because the Chargers would go to the seven seed. The Colts have a better AFC record in that tiebreaker, if I'm not, if I'm reading it correctly. So you can follow it this weekend. But first things first, the Chiefs have to do their own business, as uh, Sean Barber mentioned, as Coach Reed mentioned, and with this game being moved up 24 hours. It is, again, fast and furious as the Chiefs get ready for the Denver Broncos. But just keep this in mind. Denver, I think, will come in with a lot of pride, even though they will miss the playoffs now for a sixth consecutive year. That's the second longest playoff drought in Denver's history, and their fifth straight losing season is assured. But for the Kansas City Chiefs, they have an opportunity to beat the Denver Broncos for a 13th straight time an all-time series record already set by the Chiefs at 12 in beating the Broncos 12 straight times. If they can beat them a 13th straight time, it starts to become historical from an all-time NFL uh, perspective. And we'll lay that out as the week goes on. But again, the Kansas City Chiefs will play this Saturday in Denver. Uh, The game moved up basically 24 hours as the uh, game flexed to Saturday afternoon as there will be NFL games sprinkled all throughout the weekend. So a lot on the line. Again, the te- Texans must beat the Titans, so be a Houston Texan fan again. They helped us out earlier when they beat the Chargers. Uh, but Now they got to help us out again, but the Chiefs need to take care of their own business and beat the Denver Broncos and, and attack the Broncos and try to beat them for a 13th straight time. The NFL wanted it. They got it. They have drama in the 17th game of the season in Week 18 and we get ready to go to Denver one day earlier to try to beat the Broncos for a 13th straight time on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
2: You've been listening to the Chiefs Kingdom show presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Bad Boy Mowers, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mow with an attitude. And by Hy-Vee, the world's best tailgating begins at Hy-Vee. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football.
3: Hey, this is Chief sideline reporter Josh Klingler. Thank you for listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show. As a reminder, you can hear Mitch Holtis with us on Fesco in the Morning every Friday morning at 7.30 leading into the game that weekend. And don't miss color analyst Danan Hughes every Tuesday morning at 8.30. Tune in for exclusive one-on-one Chiefs interviews throughout the season on the Odyssey app and your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Thank you for listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show presented by the Kansas Lottery,